Today's episode is sponsored by Soli Fruit Jerky. Soli Fruit Jerky is made with only one or two ingredients, and I'm talking like a whole banana and a handful of pecans. The banana pecan Soli Fruit Jerky is to die for, probably my favorite one, but they have a million. They have a mango one, they have a pineapple one, and you guys know I'm big on health and clean eating, and these have no added sugars or preservatives. They are what they are, and lonely isn't only, only is amazing. These solely fruit jerkies, guys, you can get them on Amazon. You can also check out the links in this podcast episode for more information on solely. And did I mention my kid loves them too? Hashtag mom win when we're running out the door to sports and different school activities. Now he has a quick, delicious and clean snack. Check it out. I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. I feel like this week needs a little bit of explanation because I could not be British and let the news of Prince Harry and Meghan leaving the royal family in an effort to find peace and be themselves and be happy go by on the BU Find Happy podcast. So this week, big surprise, Savannah is back to chat, chat, chat real life with me. Guys, bombshells and good news. And not only that, but... I felt I couldn't do the royal story well without speaking with some of my family members who have a lot better understanding of the monarch. So this is a super duper duper long episode this week. You might want to plug it in and listen to the first half of it and then uh, plan to listen to the second half of it in a second sitting. So if you love all things royal family, you will love part two of understanding the monarchy and how it works and how you know Harry's choice is going to really impact the family. But if you just love gossip and chat and my perspective and want to hear Savannah, who hasn't been here in forever, then you're going to love part one. There's a little something for everybody. Without further ado, this is change is inevitable. And sometimes it's a royal pain in the ass. Hello. Hello. This is happening. We're podcasting. Believe it. Oh, my God. It's been like a year. I think it's almost. Yeah, it's been close to a year. And how freaking crazy. You look so pretty. Your hair's so long. In my camo shirt, this cup says vintage 1979, aged to perfection. Of course she is. Of course she is. Oh my God. So I know right now people are like, probably, holy shit. Is that Savannah back on the BU Find Happy? Yes, who's back? (laughs) I'm so overdue. Thank you for um, inviting me. And you've done amazing things since I haven't been here. And I've taken a whole like different direction. And it's amazing what you're doing. It's beautiful. I'm loving it. Um, Thank you for inviting me. It makes me happy and it makes me sad. I know. But it's all good stuff. It's all good. It's all the journey of life. The journey of life is uh, definitely like a river. We just keep rolling and it just keeps going no matter what. I don't care. 
it's flowing. You no, know, though, I think that I think that it's it's just such a good example of how change happens, and we have to embrace change, even if it's uncomfortable, and just kind of run with it. And well, change is inevitable, and there's the one thing that will never change is that things are going to always change. So just get used to it and get comfortable with it, because change happens. Ah, sometimes I hate change. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying that it's easy or just being accepting of everything, but it's hard. That's, that's hard too. When you're in the brunt of change, like it can get really difficult. Okay. So last Sunday, I went up to Nevada to visit my family. Um, my grandmother is 100% British from Britain, okay. and um, this whole thing unfolded with Prince. Um, Harry and Megan in like in a, you know a day before I went to visit. Okay, you're gonna have to give me some backstory on all of this. I am gonna have to give you some backstory, and so I'm not so up this, on the times. So. And so that you, so I have to give you backstory about the backstory because the funny thing is Matt and I got into a huge debacle last night where I said he goes yeah, I brought home a people magazine with Harry and Megan on the front and he's like why do you have this smut magazine in our house like you are not this girl and I'm like no this is not smut this world history <laughs> he's like it's not world history I'm like everybody in the entire universe knows about this and he's like no everybody in your family who is British knows about this <laughs> got into this huge argument about it and he texted a bunch of our like female friends and people that we know and asked if they knew about it and they're like um no and then I suddenly had to admit wow maybe I am like British that I even realized no I think there so I shouldn't I shouldn't say that I don't know everything I just don't I know a little bit I didn't listen to his speech I know that some of what's going on um is political I think there I I know, I know a little bit. So um, do I think that you're probably obsessed with the fact that it's British? For sure. Well, and this, is, and this is the environment that I grew up in, right? I mean, there was always a British tabloid at my grandmother's house. Like that, that is, that was my bathroom reads when I had to take a poop. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty so. in love with the royal family too, to be honest with you. I was Princess Diana for like, when I was like eight for, for Halloween. No pretty, way. Uh, yeah, way. I was like, I, I, I guess I would. I'm giving up to information. I'll, I'll hold it for a little bit. But if you ever had a Princess Diana worshiper, it was me. I actually have a, a Life magazine my, my grandmother, my mom just gave me for my grandma probably four days ago from the 1981 when the year that they got married. They're on the cover of it. Oh my gosh. I need to send you this picture of Life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I am a huge, um, remember exactly where I was the moment mom called because I was on the Rubicon um, when uh, and my mom called like use that phone to tell me that Diana had died. Oh, that geez. is like, so I mean, totally, totally, totally. And, but I just felt like I couldn't let, I couldn't let this big headline news go by on a podcast called be you find happy without talking about it because my family actually has a very different viewpoint than I do everything that's unfolding. So it's interesting for me because I feel like this conflict, like I, I almost feel like I'm like abandoning my own uh, genetical code. <laughs> ah, so you're like abandoning your stuff and moving to Canada? Like you're just jumping shit? <laughs> right? Like I feel like, yes, yes, so much so. But so I, who I was talking to before you and I connected is my aunt. And so, like I said, last weekend I was up visiting them and it was just all Harry and Megan. And this is before it actually really hit the news, like the news, you know what I mean? Like it was just barely hitting the news. So she grew up in, in London. She lived there for until she was 12 years and then they moved to America and had my mom. 
Gotcha. So my aunt is very, very well versed on the monarchy and kind of everything that's unfolded. And her perspective was really interesting. But I wanted to get that perspective, the British perspective. Um, I have it now. And I, I mean, I absolutely understand what she's saying and where she's coming from and why everything is so important. But I also feel... I just feel a little bit of like maybe why Harry did what Harry did, you know, being of more of my generation. Yeah. You know, Harry, I think is probably what, four years younger than me. He, what is he, 36 or something? Harry, oh God, you're going to make me Google it because he's younger. Okay, so let me give you the back. Those listeners who may not know and, and that sort of thing, it, it's it's transpired more. Like what is what has unfolded in the last 24 hours is a little different. But initially what happened is that Harry and Meghan publicly announced that they would be stepping back from their royal duties in the family. And initially they weren't giving up Frogmore. They, they didn't know what was going to happen with their titles, but they stated that they were going to be moving most likely to Canada and also still visiting the UK and visiting the US. And this is huge. This is like one of the first time that someone has stepped back from their duties without there being a scandal forcing their hand, without there being some reason why they're like, whoops, need to step back, just broke the rules. They didn't break any rules at all. There's nothing that they have done, quote unquote, wrong, that would require them to take in the personal choice. And the reason they state is because one, the paparazzi, and two, they want a more peaceful life. Now, there's all this kind of chatter about Megan's role in all of this. And inevitably, she has a role in this. But I mean, I read, and I even told my aunt this, I read this article on BuzzFeed News, which, hello, it's not exactly credible, but whatever. (laughs) That's such an excellent source, Michaela. (laughs) BuzzFeed, source. Journalism background, I go to the best. (laughs) (laughs) And it had articles, I'm not even kidding you, I'm like pulling it up right now. It had articles that, were Megan and Kate side by side doing the same crap. And the media showed Megan horribly. This news articles, they show, you know, Megan on one side and it says, why can't Megan Markle keep her hands off her bump? Experts tackle the question that has got the nation talking. Is it pride, vanity, acting, or a new age bonding technique? Then what the frick? Are you serious? That's no, what they have to talk this. about. That's what they have no, to talk about. No, but get this. But but they show, okay, that was posted on January, whatever it was posted, you know, before she had the baby. So eight months ago. So 2018, whatever. Then they have Kate, right? And it says, not long to go, pregnant Kate tenderly cradles her baby bump while wrapping up her royal duties ahead of her maternity leave. And it's the same damn, she's holding the baby bump the same way as Megan. Yeah. So, I mean, she's been portrayed as this, even can we Can we talk about why? We can talk about why, but I don't think. Is that about, the point you want? go into well but the thing about i i mean i can think about different reasons why right we could tackle different reasons why the first would be she's an american we could say that but the uk loves america we don't have beef we don't that's not a thing you know what i mean Uh, but is she a posh comes from money type of 
person, which is the typical English, you know, like she has no, there's, she's American. You know what I'm saying? On top of that, she's a mixed American. Like she's not the, and she's a celebrity. She's not the typical, like they've known each other's families for years. It's this like, oh, they went to the same, you know, university or, you know, it's, she's out of left field. And nothing that they have seen before. So the argument is that she knew what the tabloids were going to say when she went into this. It was all on board with it. He has now somehow swayed Harry. The way I'm seeing it is not that way. I mean, I'm seeing it that Harry was always the spare. I mean, they always say he was the spare to the air. That is always what he has been called. He has always been more Diana than William ever was in the way of his free spirit and rebellious nature. Even though really, truly, Diana wasn't that rebellious, honestly. But what I want to know is, do you think that Megan persuaded Harry to this, or do you think that Megan is the reason that he had a good excuse to walk away? That's what I want. I think neither of those. I think he's actually a real person, and he actually loves his wife, and he watched what happened to his mom and doesn't want that for his life. I mean, the dude's a veteran. He's seen like real shit happen. Right. And I think he's like tired of the bullshit and it's not going to control his life or control his children's life. How it affected him. I mean, his mother straight up died for, for the, for no other reason than people wanted to know her business. I mean, what other reason did she die for? I, I completely agree. There's speculation about all of that. And as far as, you know, Dodi Fayette and the drinking and the driver and all that. There's speculation that it could have happened if the paparazzi were not changing, trace, chasing them. But I so, I mean, I think they made the, they took the actions that they made because of the situation they were put in in the cars. I think there was just. She was like dating another dude. You know what I'm saying? And people were, it was hot, juicy gossip. Like, let the chick bone somebody after she gets divorced. Like, she's allowed to do that. The way that I'm seeing it is that he did, Harry did want some freedom from the regimented ways that he needed to live his life. But my aunt brought up a good point. You know, her whole thing was the queen is 93. The queen has been the queen for 70 years. She has had experiences that Harry hasn't even had yet. And her whole request was, regardless of whether you like it or not, are a blue blood. And therefore, you're still going to have to be looked after. There's still going to be security. There's still going to be things. I get it. You don't want to be under the rule. But you don't know what it's really going to be like when the paparazzi does have as much access as they have because the Royals have a program in place where, you know, only certain paparazzi are allowed to attend certain events to limit the amount that they're exposed. And a lot of that came after Diana's death. A lot of that was Mm, created. Let's talk about the money that's been spent, created for the Royal family for what reason? You know what I'm saying? What about economically? Well, I mean, and I asked, and I asked my aunt this, I said, how much of this is pomp and circumstance and how much is she actually you know in charge like how much is she actually necessary to the parliament and and she said she's very necessary that just like our president you know there are other there are other 
protections in place there, like how we have the Congress with the House of Representatives and the Senate and all of that making decisions. But at the end of the day, she is the final be all and what she really goes. I don't I I, I I'm going to admit said, I don't know anything about British politics and I don't know what her role she has. So but I mean, I think at the end of the day, what what it comes down to, to for me is should be should people regardless of their role that did not choose to be born into a situation you know he was born into that should he be allowed to be happy should he be allowed to be who he wants to be and find his happiness regardless of whether it fits the the rules of the parliament of the monarchy and i don't think that i don't think that he should be told and and i guess my point was nobody's telling harry you can't have a peaceful life you can't do what you want to do queen did say okay fine you can go off and live the life you want to live but let's do it right let's let's follow the rules but to me that's still her controlling the situation and him not getting to to do it his way he's not getting to step out how he wants to step out now in fairness i think that harry is probably going to make a lot of mistakes. I don't think that's necessarily a bad who, thing. Who doesn't but make even mistakes? His speech, right, right. And even his speech he made last night, it's interesting because it was obviously filmed on a cell phone without all the lighting that they normally show the royals in. You know what I mean? Like normally there's, there, if, if they're going to be recorded for saying something, it's on par. Like it, it is game on, the proper lighting, the proper video footage, the proper cameras, everything. And this was clearly like, hey, Harry's talking about the drama. Let's film it on our cell phone. And who knows? who made the money on that who knows maybe they said no cell phones in the room but someone had a cell phone that's how he wanted to portray it i don't know i've been hearing about it from my buzzfeed and my social media (laughs) my (laughs) real good source obviously history i mean think about it Henry VIII was the last one to make this kind of history, in my opinion. I think this is going to go down in the books. Because he moved to Canada? He took away, he just stepped away from the crown by choice? Because I believe it's going to revolutionize the monarchy. How long do you see the monarchy staying around? I don't think the monarchy is, go- the monarchy is going anywhere yeah. anytime soon. I think it is such a British staple. It is that I, I mean, and the history is so deep and the bloodlines and just all of it. Like I... I think that's so much defined who they are that I don't see it going away. So if you're so what I'm hearing you say is that in their culture, you don't really have a choice to choose. You have to live up to what you're born into. I think that this is much bigger than just him losing his title or him moving to Canada or anything like that. I think this is more about the idea that they're they want more transparency and less rigmarole and the way they have to present themselves like less less between them and the people but the thing is and my aunt brought this up it is a lot to to provide security for somebody of this stature i mean people it's like she said they have no morals they will do anything to get a picture they will do anything to try and uh, sell newspapers or magazines or whatever you know it's that big of a deal i think it's that big of a deal i mean so matt's whole thing is like why do you care so much about these people like why do you give a shit why are you so wrapped up in their lives and the thing is i'm third generation right my grandmother born raised in london in the uk actually in surrey my aunt born raised in the uk my mom born in kansas (laughs) <laughs> they came over to Kansas and had my mom, but which by the way, my mom's like over the moon that the Kansas city chiefs are going to the super bowl for the first time in 50 years. 
But the point well, that's is great. that I'm not. Are you still a Raiders okay. fan? Even though they yeah, I still always be a Raiders fan. I mean, really, of all teams, the 49ers, which is the battle of the day, and then KC, which is like really, it's a terrible sort of Super Bowl. That's why I am wearing black, black white. and white flannel. Because <laughs> I still want to rep my team. I was pissed to know that two teams that I cannot stand are going to the Super Bowl. But it's cool. I grew up with 49ers, like the whole thing, Joe Montana days. But was a Charger fan from very early on. And then when the Chargers moved to LA, I was like, Yeah, I'm out. I, I will I'm definitely I'm definitely butthurt. So I can definitely understand how you're feeling. And I keep saying that I'm gonna not watch the NFL anymore and I'm pissed because they're going to Vegas. Pissed. Just I'm you know, just mad right now. Just a little, little upset. I'll get over it. I'll get over it until yeah. I go to Vegas. Well, the way that I see it is that once the Chargers moved to LA, it was all bets off. Like I don't have to, I don't like LA. I don't like, let me, let me back up, be a little PC. This is what's funny. Just like I almost said, I don't like LA, blah, 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 blah. If you're Royal and you say something like that, you're, you know, you ostracate an entire population of people, right? Even if you don't mean you don't like LA, like my point is, I didn't, I did not like when the Chargers left to, to, from San Diego to Los Angeles, because to me, the embodiment of the Chargers, the fighter jets going over the arena, all of that was part of what made them the Chargers. So when they left to San Diego, I was like, no, I'm not staying in support of you guys. You're a whole different thing. Now you guys are not, you guys are not actually the Chargers anymore. You're not the Chargers that I signed up for. You guys are some different Chargers, which might make other people happy, but it doesn't make me happy. So now I am going to go be a Carolina fan. So, but the point is just like, you can't do that when you're royal. You can't say, I mean, part of their whole thing and why they're so tight lipped everything is because if you make a comment like that, you really offend people. You really hurt people, right? But then you're not getting to truly be you. And I think that's the whole problem is like, you can't be you. You cannot be a royal and be yourself. Or can you? You've got to be whatever don't you think? You don't you think that Harry is doing that right now? Don't you think he right. is saying, I am going to be myself and I'm not going to live up to these standards and not be scrutinized. And so he actually is being himself. I have to be really careful about what I say in the next little tidbit because my personal life is very personal. I just have personally had so much growth in the past few months from my job, digging deep and saying, Spana, you gotta be who you actually really are. And it's funny because somebody that has a podcast called Be You Find Happy may not have always been being herself. Yeah. So I go back to the past few months. I obviously haven't been on the podcast. Um, I My work really, really ramped up um, and it was taking a lot of my time working on a schedule where I was traveling. And it's a whole, I went into a whole new career field. And so I really was, it took a lot of my brain power to kind of learn the new skills that I was learning and being a mama to my sweet little babies and trying to be the best person and best wife I could be as possible. It was a lot to juggle. It was good in the sense that I got to find myself a little bit and remember uh, some of the potential that I do have. I was also bringing out some of the things that I wasn't okay with in my life and the things that I didn't want for my life um, or the things that were like, why is this so freaking hard? This should, should not be hard. My job is amazing. It's on point. It's better than it's ever been. Um, I, 
I am very thankful for my job. I'm also extremely thankful for my relationship with Ben because we are actually in a better place than we've been in a long time. I think what you're trying to say, being yourself, like truly being yourself, isn't something you wake up one day and go, holy shit, I am totally living my authentic truth. I am totally being me. I think that it's something where every day, somebody, something is challenging, not only your happy factor, but your ability to truly be yourself. Like even with, even with Matt and I in this, why are you bringing home a smut magazine thing? You know, it's like, the way he's seeing it is like, this isn't who you are. Like you read self-help books and different, all these like really credible little women, different credible reads. This is not a credible read. What is happening? And it was me saying like, I don't really care if you like it. This is part of who I am. And those little micro challenges happen all the time for people, regardless of whether it's the end of a relationship or not. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's every single day, somebody challenging you, you know, and who you think you are. Like, it's not even constantly have to check in with yourself. You constantly have to set, set a boundary or you constantly have to say, no, I'm not being the best version of myself. How can I, how can I change the way I'm walking my path? to reflect more of who I am. People come into our path and they walk with us for a while. I mean, you're, you're familiar with this. You're a trail hiker. You're a trail runner, right? You run with someone for a little while when you're doing 30 miles, right? And that person's coming into your life and they're challenging all that you are and everything that you're doing. And then they're going to split off or you're going to speed up or you're going to slow down. And it's not always going to be the same, but that's constant. It's constant. And we talked about this in the very beginning. The one thing that we can definitely agree on is that nothing ever stays the same. Like change is always happening. Change is inevitable. Like that's the only thing we can for certain guarantee somebody in life is that what you feel right now, now is not who you're going to be. And you're always going to be searching for that version of yourself that you think is your authentic self and your authentic version of yourself may even change. Like the authentic yeah. version of myself Hell when I was yeah. 20 looks a lot different than the authentic version of myself 40. Yep. There have been a lot of days though in my life and I've been said like, hmm, this isn't the me I want to be. Like this isn't me that I want to be. Whether it's the job I was doing or a relationship that I was in. And I don't even mean romantic relationships, friendships, family relationships, whatever. And I think that's exactly what happened with, with Harry. I think he woke up and said, this isn't the me that I want to that be. I want to be. Maybe, maybe the me that I want to be is going to be a big mess. And maybe the me that I want to be is going to create a lot more headache, but I can't keep doing what I'm doing right now because I know this doesn't feel right. It doesn't mean that I may not come back to this. It doesn't mean that I may not someday ask the queen for my royal highness title back. But right now, this is not who I am. And I've got to go figure out who that me is, right? Or get back in touch with it. Very well played. Very well said. Thank you. Actually, yeah, I'm pretty freaking spot on. Then you can come back as that person who's realigning with whatever that original intention was and say, you know what? I can be Duke of Sussex now because I went and did this other thing and got all the components that I need to walk in this. I can do that now. I can be here now. I couldn't be here when I was 36 years old with an eight-month-old son, but I can be here now as maybe a 45-year-old with an eight-year-old son 
because I went out and learned all these things and experienced and tried and failed and succeeded and realized that I can be that and be this. Can be mom. I can be wife. But what do you I think it? What do you think it took then. for him though to say that right now and, and not doing that? Like, where do you come to that point that you you know there? I think that's been the hardest and probably sometimes the messiest thing of it, where you're like, enough's enough, or I'm no longer going to do. Like, there's never a good time to make that change. Sometimes there's some, it's easier for others or, or timing's better under certain situations. Taking that step and when you're going to do that, it's like, yeah, do it now. Don't waste another day. Not waste another day, not doing it when you should be doing it. Like tomorrow, oh, tomorrow, I mean, tomorrow's like the day, you know, with the day, the, the most popular day that all diets start. It's not January 1st, it's not January 2nd, it's tomorrow (laughs) you know you just gotta just do it I think to your original question what was the thing and I think it was a combination of things I think it was being in in a space with somebody that encouraged him to think outside the box that that opened his thought that maybe there is something different and maybe there is something else for you to explore than what look when we set boundaries, right, when we change, when we get healthy, when we decide to be sober, for example, it's the people around us that are offended because the people around us that are our greatest challenge because they say, hey, you were my drinking buddy. Now you're sober. This isn't working for me, right? So they're going to encourage you to continue drinking in whatever way they can because that fits their agenda. So in the case of Harry, Everyone around him, it fit his agenda. William needs his help going and doing all these royal patronages and all of these different things. It didn't fit anybody else's agenda for Harry to sell. When Harry got in a space with someone who said, maybe I don't know you as well as these other people know you, but I know you well enough to say that I don't know that you're walking your true purpose. I don't know that you're living your true intention and encouraged him that, hey, whatever you decide, I'll walk with you. And that's enough sometimes. That's all sometimes people need, I think. Let me just get, let's, I'm going to walk with you long enough to get you up this hill. Those are some good people in your life too. Those in and out, those those trail angels are pretty awesome. How I see it is that like, it was probably a combination of always having this feeling from when he was very young and his mother died that maybe he wanted something different, you know? And then having this realization that he could, that he could. You know, and then we all can't, but like, what's that lesson to us? Like, how do we take that and take it as like, rather than, I mean, I think it's awesome. I think it's super awesome that you're, that he was willing to do that. And I think part of it is for for love. You, when you respect that other person in your life, you sometimes are that trail angel, you know, it's like your walks also to support that other person in your life. Who's means enough to you. We're sometimes really focused on ourselves and we can get all about how we feel and what we want in our lives. But there is a point when you bring other people into your lives and you're having a family that it comes back to us. What works best for us. And when I think about what you said, I mean, what he is choosing truly, like is what people choose when they walk away from a marriage really in that way. Like it is very similar to that. Like he is giving up everything he's ever known. He's giving up the financial comforts that he had 
from those years in that relationship. He is giving up the security, literally the security, but even in the emotional sense of, of, of being supported in that way. Like he is truly walking away from so much for the sake of something that he believes in right now, whether the rest of us understand it or not. And I think that's, what's really hard about when people choose something like this is that some, a lot of times the rest of us don't understand it. The rest of us don't see the way worse that you see it. You know, it's like, but how could you, how could you walk away from this? How could you do this and that? And, and I think that's what, that's what's uncomfortable about change is the unknown. And is well, and that's the, part of what stops us from doing it. You know, like we need to, we hold ourselves back because we're based off of what other people are going to think or how other people are going to feel when you care about somebody, but you have, and you know that your actions are going to probably really affect their feelings. But at the same time, if you're not, you can't breathe at what you're doing, you got to still do it. I mean, I'm cannot preach that anymore. Like don't let other people hold you back either because of their feelings and their thoughts better. You have to. And I don't think there's any good or best time or right time or something like that to, to live your truth. I don't think. And I think except for now, except for right now, right now, (laughs) (laughs) except for right now, somebody once said, if nothing changed in your life and you were in the exact same place in five years, would you be happy? I doubt there are very many people in the world that are like, yep, exactly as I am right in this moment. That's how I want to be nailed it. (laughs) I just don't think that's a thing. I mean, and it doesn't have to be major, right? It doesn't have to be, oh, I want to get sobriety. It doesn't have to be, oh, I want to be a millionaire. It doesn't have to be anything major like that, but there's got to be something. There's got to be something that you want to change and improve and something that's not sitting right in your belly. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I think that pretty much came full circle. <laughs> I would say. I would say. some Be the change you want to be. <laughs> yeah. And don't wait. Do it now. saw that you had texted and called and I was like oh okay sure no problem (laughs) (laughs) so uh my first choice was nanny and she said I ain't going on no podcast (laughs) right and then my second choice was mom and she said no you need to talk to Deborah having lived there you know, practically till I was 12, even though my parents came back to birth your mother and my little brother, you know, in school, we had a lot of history of the monarchy and how it works. Right. So, and it's very complex. In school, there was one visit, I remember, and there were, you know, several, several quotes by a very young, you have to remember, she became queen in 1953 i was born in 58 right right in in london basically queen elizabeth at my school way back then said the true measure of all our actions 
is how long the good in them lasts. Mm, I like that. So I used to have it on my email and stuff like that. So thinking about that, other than the fact that she said, you know, for all my life, I will be devoted to this country, basically. And she has, she has served, you know, a reigning monarch isn't just a, she's like a president and everything rolled into one, but she has a parliament. Now she's seen, you know, you think about how many presidents she's seen and things like that. And here she tells her great grandson, I know it's a difficult task. I know you're the spare to the air, but this is what you've been born into. We've given you lots of, and believe me, I was living in Vegas when he caused the scene in Vegas, okay? Um, his privilege, you know, allowing him to do things, but, but beyond, do you, do you, you think know. It, do you think it is the fact that Harry was a spare and is now sixth in line that he feels, and the fact that he is very much Diana in so many ways, do you think that yes. that is what inspired him that no. he's never quite no. fit in? No. He's always fit in. He's always been the brightest and the best in school, better than his brother. The thing is, he he's when you marry, you are influenced, whether you like it or not. You are influenced by the other person's family, their actions, etc. Okay. Yeah, but, but I as, can. But, but I can't help but wonder, was it the marriage to Megan? Was the marriage to Megan the chicken or the egg? You know what I mean? Do you, right. Which came first? Do you think he'd right. been on the fence about these kinds of things for a while and she just waited him? People are speculating that. But I think his brother saw it first more than anybody. And the queen, she, she you know, she didn't even follow her own protocol. She invited Meghan to... Um, Sandringham for the first Christmas before they were married. Okay, Kate didn't even get that invitation. And if you're relating him to his mother, Diana, his mother, Diana, lost her Royal Highness um, title, but not Diana, Princess of Wales. Now, if you, you don't remember this because you were born in the 80s, but when she first met Charles, she was called the commoner, that he was marrying a commoner. Um, he dated her older sister, Jane, first. Um, but she was she prepared somewhat, but not for the intense scrutiny that royals get or higher heads of state or the president, you know, in our case here, or the prime minister in Canada. They get an intense scrutiny, but that goes with the territory of being in the public eye. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. But I mean, I feel like so much of Diana's mindset on on the paparazzi and on what she wanted and what she felt was right has kind of been um, part of what he's embraced as his identity. Maybe it's because she died when he was so young at 12 years old. Right. And and the paparazzi was blamed for it, you know, um, because of all the, the camera lights and whatever else. But there's so much controversy over that but she was still allowed her her patronages she was um she didn't abdicate she didn't leave the country and live abroad she right she, she was very much 
of changing the monarchy, she was very much into basically making sure that those boys grew up knowing that you are living in a glass house. You are right. going to be scrutinized. You are going to be held to a higher standard. Don't we all kind of hold ourselves to a higher standard if we're living the right kind of life? You know, I mean, I think so. I do. I, I mean, I think that, yes, you're absolutely right. That's an important. So, so if your grandmother, and I very much respect my parents, riffs aside, um, you know, because sometimes it happens it happens in all families so here's a bit of a rift where um megan did not want to spend her first christmas you know with the kids in one room and the nanny taking care of them or whatever i want to spend it all together with the royal protocol with the royal duties or whatever and um she's not one that wants to take a back seat to anyone so She's married to the spare. She's going to take a back seat to William and Kate, period. But if you've noticed in the media right now, every time something comes out like the Buckingham Palace um, reception that Prince William and Kate did, which is usually the Queen's duty or Prince Charles's duty, every time something comes out, right now Megan throws pictures out to the Daily Mail. They're the, the the one thing that the American public doesn't understand and the Canadians do, they don't want to be responsible for the security of, of this couple because it's, it is a very expensive thing. But the one thing the American public doesn't understand is what HRH really means, their royal highnesses. Now they went and, and did all of this stuff like registering and patenting their- Sussex their, royals, right? Yeah, exactly. Not royal Sussex. Their original Kensington Palace was royal Sussex, okay? Now they were going to be given an apartment in Kensington Palace, but not a home home, right? Like Frogmore, right. Yeah, well- they were given in a, a set of apartments in Kensington Palace. They were in the cottage there at Kensington Estate, but they were going to give, they were going to be given a set of apartments. It's, it's at the, the Queen's thing. discretion. Everything's pretty much at the Queen's discretion. And instead of them wanting to have their apartments in Kensington Palace, a Megan did not want that. And all the um, courtiers have said that it was her making the decisions about that kind of stuff. So the queen turned around and said, okay, well, um, I can give you, they wanted a little more privacy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so for whatever reason, she wanted, you know, not to live near William or whatever. She wanted to be more isolated. So then the queen gives them Frogmore Cottage. Now the taxpayers are the ones that paid for that renovation. So they are going to be paying that back. There's no doubt about it. You step back from royal duties, you don't get to have, as everyone has said, your cake and eat it too. Right. So basically. Uh, they'll pay back the renovations, but they'll probably keep Frogmore because it was a gift. Um Frogmore Cottage is not a private residence. 
it is owned by the crown. So there's places like Buckingham Palace that are owned by the crown and the people. So the monarch gets to live there and reside there, but it's not a personal residence. And neither was Frogmore Cottage on the estate of the Windsor estate. The Windsor estate is owned by, so they will have to pay a commercial rent. Like, but doesn't it, it doesn't it seem like so much of, I mean, help me understand because I feel like they call it a business, but isn't so much of it pomp and circumstance? I mean, how much no. is the, actually because, in the monarchy? Because when you think about it, our government in America was built on the same House of Lords Parliament, you know, House of Commoners, you know, House of Commons, House of Par- Parliament, the Senate. And the um, what is it? The representative, yeah, Congress. or House of Representatives, yeah. yeah, House of Representatives. So, and then, and then, if there's a tie in any kind of decision making, it goes to the well, it goes to the president. In this case, he thinks he's a monarch and the king, you know. But it's the same right. kind of scenario. Um, everything. The Prime Minister meets with the Queen every single day. This Queen has met more heads of state. She is the head of state, not okay. the Prime Minister. The prime minister is like the governor of of each of our states. So it, Harry is one of the few to ab- abdicate without a scandal forcing his hand. In other he's words, not, he's one he of ab- the few to choose to step down. Yeah, but he's just stepping back from his duties. It's not a real abdication. He wasn't a king. He wasn't ever going to be a king. All he's but so, saying, I don't want to support the royal family by doing royal duties and patronages. I want to have my private patronages. And the queen asked him up front, please, let's continue these conversations. Take your six weeks, go to North America, have a wonderful time off with your family because your wife is feeling scrutinized. I'm feeling scrutinized is what he felt, you know, just like my mother felt. He's the more sensitive one. There's no doubt about it. But since I'm just a spare, why do I have to go through all the rigmarole? And that's what Megan, as an American, really doesn't understand. She thinks, oh, we'll cut the BS and we'll just, you know, do this. And but I love my Hollywood glamour life and I like being, you know, having the money and doing all this. Well, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. So he's not abdicating. Everyone uses that term, but you, you can't abdicate something you didn't have in the first place. All you had was a royal birth. Okay. Right. The Royal Highness um, yes. status. Yes. Yeah. And so, she only gained that with, and they haven't lost their status. Let me explain something. It's a transition period. Nobody's kicking them out. They have chosen to disembark. When the queen asks you, just like the president would ask you, or somebody else would say, hey, please don't have this discussion in the public media because you're the ones that hate the public media the worst. And what do they do? They go against everything she said and throw something up on their webpage because that's the easiest way to get a message out is in social media. And you can't take it back because it's out there. Well, I saw, I mean, I can see where she's coming from and trying to protect and having a lot more experience and knowledge, but I can also see where they're coming from wanting to branch out from, from maybe what isn't modernized and, and create a path for themselves and find a little bit more happiness. I did read a website. It was Buzzfeed news, not by any means credible, but it showed these, 
these blatant scenarios side by side of something that Kate had done and how the Daily Sun and the, uh, what is it called? There's a name for the royal uh, media that's allowed. There's there's certain, and then they get to go and attend certain events. I'm forgetting what it's called, the com the Comor or something. Like, what is it called? Anyway, they, they would show how the media reviewed something that Kate had done or warned, and then yeah, they showed side by me, side what Megan- credence to that, because the Sun is like our inquirer, okay? There's not a whole lot of facts there. Um, and these were done at different times. So if right. anything, don't, you, you know, people are getting too stuck on the fact that they're in the face of the media. They're still throwing things out there. And the thing is, they threw the first stone in making that announcement how they were going to quit. Now, I understand she wants to step back, that the limelight was not for her. And this is an actress. So when people said she didn't know what she was getting into, bull she knows what the media can do and how it can ruin careers and and portray people the wrong way right and a right. lot of these right. magazines in england you sell the sun and you sell the magazines and papers and whatnot and if you watch pbs and watched the show press you'll see what that's you know all about but it's no different than our rag magazines people puts their own spin on things you know i mean we we can name all the magazines that that want to sell copy um as far as being photographed of course they're in the limelight but the reverse side of being in the limelight is how much attention you can bring to certain charities. And so what the queen is about with a lot of that and making these Royal visits to this house and that house, the homeless and whatnot. I mean, which is why Diana would sneak them out, sneak them out to McDonald's and, and, and take them with her on certain trips just so they could get familiar with what it's really like and didn't live in such a bubble. So, and Harry knew this, he grew up knowing this. He knew he was going to be photographed all the time. Yes. Maybe they wanted a more peaceful, private life but you think you're going to get that in north america they still have paparazzi they still have people taking pictures unless you live like they're living now on an island off of vancouver victoria british columbia on an island on 14 acres or whatever where the press can't get in do you see what i mean right they're not going to live like that she's out and about in a park today with her with her son and two bodyguards behind her and she sent those pictures directly to the daily mail so they could go out at the same time as the prince is having his first reception at buckingham palace right right prince william his brother so there's the, i've seen both sides i've seen where um they've thrown things out just when it pleases them it was just like oh we're not going to show our baby on the steps of of the Lido wing at saint mary's you know um because we're just not going to do it we're we're going to hide him away and we'll decide what we'll show our son or whatever you know okay fine it's okay to set those kind of standards um but you're setting a double standard and you're a bit of, being a bit of a hypocrite basically do you think do you think that Harry is going to make more history 
than William ever will as king? I mean, that remains to be seen, but no. Um, I don't think he'll ever overshadow his brother because the British public are very traditional and they're and they're not going to allow that to happen. He's still a prince. He's still a prince of the realm, just like his brother is, whether he's, you know, sixth in line or 50th in line, you know, and his son is seventh in line to the throne, which is quite a difference there. The queen never thought she'd become queen. Her uncle was the was the heir to the throne so she was right. living this basically somewhat normal life and then all of a sudden at age eight and ten or or later than that she finds out she's going to be when her father dies the the reigning monarch she did not what happened life. to her uncle though I, what happened to her uncle well or her edward okay and he abdicated for an American divorcee. Right. That's right. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the only, he abdicated. In other words, he gave up the throne because he said he couldn't do, run the country without the woman by his side. A bit of a weak spirit that guy was because he was also involved quite heavily with the Nazis. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. Right? So in that history pattern there. So then, of course... You know, it was taboo to get a divorce. And Prince Charles couldn't marry the woman he loved originally, which was Camilla Parker Bowles, because she was a divorcee. And they said, move right. on, find someone else, find someone more fit. Now, not that these traditions aren't a bit antiquated, because they are. You know, just like a lot of our laws in different states are antiquated and we have to fight to change them. You know, women's rights, abortions, the right to vote, et cetera, the right to carry arms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're, they are antiquated. There is no doubt. But find a more uh, peaceful way instead of fighting with your family publicly and using newspapers to do it. Find a more peaceful way to do it. Why did you throw mud in the face of your grandmother by announcing this publicly when the paparazzi are the one thing you hate? You're stirring the pot. Right. And it's the NCAAs that want to step back, but you've gone and you've taken the Sussex Royal, Sussex Royal, not Royal Sussex, because originally at Kensington Palace, they were Royal Sussex. When they wanted to step back from that end of it, they moved out, they separated their households, they didn't use the same uh, private secretaries, they didn't use all the same people, right? They, they separated their households and their private secretaries and their, you know, courtiers, okay? when they decided they were going to live more of a country life, like Zara Tyndall, which is the, the queen's daughter's two kids and Peter Phillips. Right. Right. But the thing is, if you're claiming that it's because of the paparazzi and being in the limelight, then why do you become a hypocrite and, and make this statement way before you should you know what I mean? The queen is asking you to step back a minute. Let's iron all the details out. Let's work out the fact that you're still a blue blood. You're still going to need royal protection. Your son is still going to need royal protection because even though you're not third, fourth, or fifth in line for the throne, but sixth in line behind Prince William's children, 
behind your nieces and nephews, you still need to make sure that we do this right. You know, follow. Right. Because if he was in, if, if William and his three kids were in an accident. Right. Tomorrow. Which is all perish. That's why they're really not allowed to travel together. Right. But the fact that Megan stayed behind with, came back those two came back to england threw that message out and left archie in north america left the baby in north america Hmm. which was a bit of a you know what you don't do that you know what i mean right even if you travel on a different plane than your husband you know which is basically what the monarch is supposed to do he's not ever supposed to you know but they've changed that they've allowed them all to fly together and whatnot yeah you you eventually could so you uphold some policies but you want to earmark your your new venture and have all these businesses um which some other royals haven't been able to do princess margaret for one was never allowed to do that she was never allowed to marry a divorcee and all this other stuff so there's some antiquities to the to the the way things are done anyway but there's also a moral standard that you want to follow and when he says oh well we'll still do the queens no you can't you can't trade on the royal title if you're not willing to put forth some effort as far as easing the pressure of William and, you know, with the Duke of York stepping back, all the pressure is on William to make all these engagements and to, to do these patronages, you know, and the Countess, the Earl and Count, you know, Charles's youngest brother, Edward and his wife, Sophie, now have to step in and do more royal duties. You know right. what I mean? Right. Because I, mean, you I really like, didn't think about that. I didn't really think well, about that. Yeah. And, and that's what most Americans don't see. They think, oh, they want a peaceful life. They want a life out of the limelight. Stop taking pictures of yourself on a walk with your doggies and your baby and sending them to the Daily Mail currently while your husband's still there. Right. You know, showing that you're having this peaceful life. You know, we get it. If you want to be out of the limelight, then stay out of the limelight. There's no reason. But what, Harry says he felt like he was left no choice was because he was stuck between a rock and a hard place. He was stuck between his family, the Royal family and his wife and her wishes. And so he's saying he had no choice. You did, you, you know, you have to say she knew what she was getting into because the courtiers sit you down and they tell you, this is what you can expect. This is what's going to happen. She was all well and good with that for the longest time until she wanted to get back into acting. And, and then they corner, I don't know, somebody at the Queens Theater and who runs Netflix or whatever. And, and he's telling them, oh, she can do voiceovers. She can do this. She's great, you know. And you're touting your wife's attributes, which is great. But you're trying to get her a job. Well, she has a job. She's alongside of you for these patronages and to bring, you know, enlightenment to, you know, a lot of people. And it wasn't racist. You know, I love that some people want to say that it was a whole race card issue. There was race was never involved in it, you know, at all. And um, I hate when people trade on that and they haven't said it, but other people or that it was William's bullying. So if you listen to all those tabloids, you know, he bullied his brother. All he said to his brother in the beginning was take it slower. 
you're really rushing into this marriage thing and you need to give her time because you didn't hear the whole story. He essentially said, and he said this to one of the press secretaries, I want him to have more time for her to see what it's really like and the scrutiny we're under. So by taking a step back, they'll see, you know, she'll see just what it means that we have to be in the public eye. Everything will be seen. And that's basically, you know, what William was trying to say. And then he says, oh, it was, you know, I was bullying him or whatever. That was never the case. And they, and, and they both came out and said that. They both corrected the trashy media for, you know, speculation. And that's what we, that's what we hear all the time. People speculate even here in America on President Trump's impeachment. You know, it's, it's like dogs with a bone. Um, they don't want to give it up. They want to speculate. They want to gossip about it. And gossip is an ugly thing. You know, I mean, go straight think- to the source. Do you think Harry's going to regret it or do you think that he is going to change history for himself and the royal family and perhaps uh, it's modernize not really the monarchy a little it's more? It's not really changing history because what you're not listening to is the fact that it's just a transition period. She's given him time to see what they want to see. What he's what he's doing is only stepping back from royal from royal duties. Right. It doesn't not change so- his bloodline. No, he's not making history in the fact that he, he wants a more independent lifestyle. Okay, fine. As long as you're not the next in line to the throne, poof, go, you know, you're done. It's okay. And that's basically what the queen was saying all along. I'm happy for you, whatever you want. I still would like to see my grandson at Christmas, you know, but if you're going to hold him hostage in another country because you think you're putting me in my place and, you know, let's face it, she's been a queen for what? Um, 70 years. Yeah. She was in 19 or 18 or something. And she's 93 now. So it was 24. I think. Okay. She, yeah. When she took over. So but 70 years. Yeah. So, but basically all she was asking was telling the private secretaries, get this done, the sooner the better, because I don't want him sad. She cared enough to not drag this out, but she's left a fully open door. They didn't use their HRH. They just can't trade on them. You can't make money and not pay your taxes on it. Do you see what I'm saying? don't live in North America and not pay British taxes, don't go around using your Royal Highness. Right, 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 right. You don't get to say His Royal Highness. And that's the same thing with Diana. She was still Diana, Princess of Wales. They don't call Camilla Princess of Wales. Right, no. And Princess of Wales. It's the Prince of Wales, and now it's the Duke and Duchess of Cornwall, right? Do you think that Queen Elizabeth will skip Charles and and go straight to, to William? You know, there was a lot of speculation about that, you know, when I was your age, you know, 20 some years ago, because they always thought he was a bit flaky. You well, know, didn't, because didn't Queen Elizabeth say, Diana, no, you will never, never be king? No, she would she would never say that, number one, because he is first in line to the throne. So she would never say that. No one's ever quoted her saying that, um, except the trashy tabloids. No, um, it's a line of succession. It is what it is. She can't, she can make known, but she can't enforce that. She so can, you can divorce, you just can't marry a divorcee. Was Camilla a divorcee? 
No, that was early on. Megan's a divorcee. That oh, was- they changed that. Yeah. So was she changed it in time where when Charles married Camilla, he was in the clear to still become king? It took five years before the public in Britain really, you know, um, would allow that pretty much to happen. But there's a lot of history there. And when Diana says there were three of us in this marriage, there certainly was because you weren't his first love. And that's unfortunate and sad. Um, but you, you still knew what you were getting into, you know, and they still loved each other. And he was still very, very devastated by her death. There is no doubt, but, um, she was a lot younger than him too. And, and, you know, marriages break down whether you're royal or not royal, whether you're in the limelight or not in the limelight, they break down for whatever personal reasons there are, you know, but no, the queen isn't going to skip. She can make her preferences known to the house of Lords, but she cannot, you know, say she doesn't get to choose who comes next. She's already given birth to who comes next. Right. 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 So that's why you saw the picture of the Prince of Wales. But I know. thought did she, she only had one child. Elizabeth only had one child. No, what? she had she had She's five. Andrew. Right. She had Prince Charles, Princess Anne, Prince Andrew. Right. Andrew's just a mess. We'll leave him out of it. Of York and uh, Prince Edward. She had four. Maybe okay, but so how come them. how come none of them would be in line then? How come it would go Charles William? Because it's in line to by birth, succession by birth. Oh, and so if Charles never had a child, yeah, then it would go on to that. Anne and I her forget, children. Yeah, I forget the term, but before it wasn't women weren't you know the first in line like it, it, Prince William. George would never have gotten to be right? yeah it would have been George then Louis right right but because they uh, progenitor progenitor I think that's the term where they changed it right before the birth of George so that it's it's just now the firstborn and then the succession of siblings under that that firstborn so Prince Charles had Prince William and Prince Harry, but Prince William then procreated and had Prince George, Charlotte. And so if you look at it, it's Charles, William, George, Charlotte, Louis, then then, Harry, then Harry, (laughs) then Archie. Do you think that Megan was saying, look, you're sixth in line anyway, we can go out and you can support the charities you want to support. And I don't have to wear pantyhose and we can live a great life. You think she was Well, I think she really, truly, I think she really wanted to get back to acting. And I don't think that this bit of uh, going to royal patronages, you know, and and probably partly being compared to Kate and William, you know, being the first in line, you're always going to be second. I mean, you look at Edward and Sophie Wessex, you know, the Earl and Countess of Wessex, the Queen's youngest son, they still go out and they have royal duties and they have patronages and they help out the monarchy. They help out the Queen. She's uh, freaking 93 years old, you know, and Prince Philip's 98. He said, poof, I'm done, you know, vanish me. I'm going out to Sandringham 
and I'm done being on parade and it's time for you to retire too, you know, but she said early on, you know, for all my life, whether it be long or short, I, my duty will be to you in this country. So she was, she is is very old fashioned that way. I mean, she is, she is very old fashioned. You talk to anybody that's talked to her and you watch some of the documentaries and she's very with it and very non-senile and she's, projected some things you know some of the some of what the crown tv show is is true and some of it's fictional there's no doubt there what parts are fictional we can pick them out um but at least the british people can pick them out but the thing is um she has a wealth of knowledge and a, a an insight to the morality of people and i think that quote I gave you early on, you know, the true measure of all our actions is how long the good in them lasts. So if you're at, if your intentions are good and your actions follow those good intentions and not deviate, then you're not going to really be misunderstood because there's no there's no opening for misunderstanding. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and she has been a very loved queen. I mean, through everything. Yeah. And she was very loyal to Harry. Harry was her favorite, you know, for the longest time and still is, basically, I think. So she was very hurt that they didn't come for his the baby's first Christmas, even if that means the children go off with their nanny to another room to eat, you know. What and, do you and- what do you think about what Megan's family is saying about her? How they're saying this is not oh, a surprise. Look- Look at the husband too, what he said, you know, her ex-husband, you know, breaking up with him in text messages, et cetera. This is her history of throwing people aside or, or not feeling a necessity to them, you know, and some people have that in them to say, I don't want to see you or I want to ban you. You know, I know that from personal experience, I'm not even going to go there, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and you don't necessarily agree with them, but you accept, okay, if that's the way you want to be, that's fine. And that's pretty much what the queen was saying. If that's how you want to be, that's fine. But then turning to Harry and going, well, you know better, you know, you know, this is not right. But if this is what you feel you need to do, you can't trade on it on the flip side. Right. And make the money that way. You're right. And, and Megan's family have, have, uh, they've done their fair share of trading on it for sure. You know, getting paid for interviews and things like that, you know, do you think that, um, Harry's going to regret this? I don't think he regrets it. I, I think you have to have a mindset of feeling like you're doing something wrong to regret. Right. Right. And his I mean, mind do you think he will regret it or do you think he'll always see it as having been a productive step in what he needed in life? I think he'll always see it as this is what I needed to do at this time. But I don't think you have regrets um, really uh, unless you're being malicious. So I don't let's take a regret out of it. Do you think in hindsight this will last? I don't. I don't and that is why the queen in essence said this is a transition period. She never 
She never wavered from any of her statements in saying this is in transition period. Nobody's kicking you out of the country. You're choosing to leave this life and this lifestyle behind thinking there's something better there. Okay, everybody has the right and blessing of anybody who loves them to go out and seek, you know, and as a parent, not only as a parent and a grandparent, as a monarch, you know, she's traveled the world. She knows what it's like to live elsewhere and see this. And if that's what he's choosing, this peaceful life, then, you know, you might want to start with your wife staying out of the media. One of the things that I noticed right away, I mean, it was so obvious to me because they are so restricted with their photography and stuff was that the first time he chose to speak, it was obviously recorded from a cell phone. I mean, there was no lighting there at that event last night. There was no lighting that was, you know, you, you've never seen Harry speak anywhere with that quality of video. That was pretty shocking to me. I mean, I think that's the kind of thing that the queen is saying. We have standards because we're expected to. And I know that the modern society is, hey, let's pull out our phone and take a snap. But that's not okay for us. That's okay for celebrities. It's not okay for us. Right. It's the same with the president and his wife and whatever. And you're at these speeches or whatever too. You know, anybody in the public eye, you have... Not only there's image control, but there's also, you know, somebody else posting the video and whatever and saying, oh, this he did. He had this speech. So somebody in that audience, which can be, you know, not only the general public, but can be some of these trashy newspaper people. You wouldn't believe the lengths they go to to get photos and and images. You know, they did it to the queen's sister. And the monarch is (laughs) they're not absent from scandalous things you know um and when his mother chose to have her interview that was a train wreck in a lot of people's eyes you know with the dark eyeliner and whatever you know it may not have been the best advice but that's part of being the royal family is is you do get courtiers and other people that and what we call lawyers here going, "Mm, yeah, no, you can't make that statement there or no, you you know, you can't do that there, you know, and there are protocol, you don't reach out and grab them, you know, Um, especially in this day, day and age, you know, if they want to shake your hand, they shake your hand, you never reach out for the queen period ever, you know, she extends her hand, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I mean, that- I, I kind of get that. When I was working as the editor for a newspaper, I posted a photo of a house that had fallen on a tree and the caption was, you know, Digger Pine lands on home, barely missing child in, in bedroom. And I received so much backlash for calling this particular tree, which is actually called a ghost pine, a digger pine, and was told it was pejorative. And I never thought of it that way. I, don't, I didn't have a team of people that were, you know, reviewing it in that way. I certainly had high, higher up editors that were looking at it. But, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, wow you know you don't even realize sometimes the things you can say that could be turned or you know manipulated in such a way slanderous yeah right and and unless you you know you see a whole you know i've been a property manager and that's why i brought up paradise a lot you know last sunday when i saw you was you know, and and there was a comment about something growing, you know, in town that I know of. And having been a property manager, 
I'm I'm dealing with people of all different ethnicities, all different um, um, walks of life and cultures. Up, yeah, upbringings, etc. And I, you know, I did it in Florida. I loved in Florida when they couldn't figure out what my accent was. You know, because I wasn't from New York or Boston moving down there and some of the other stuff. But you see people for what they really are because you're always going into their home. So you really don't know someone till you go into their home. And and I did, like I was telling you, a lot of evictions and stuff like that. So you see the lack of morals in some people and then the lack of people trying, you know, to make their mortgage payments and 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 rent payments and and live basically where other people just don't really care. And that that same sense of. Of those kind of morals is what's happening in England because there is a caste system. And the reason I'm going here with that is because yes, Frogmore cottage isn't, they don't own that. That's a government. It's like government housing. Basically the president doesn't own the white house, but he gets to live there. Right. 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 Okay. Same thing. And so then the public paid all this money, but his dad, has increased the wealth of the Duchy of Cornwall is is the purse. And if you go back to olden times and original taxes, that purse is the government purse, what we call, you know, the mint or, you know, the Federal Reserve here in America, you know, where we don't know how many gold bars are stacked in those. Right, right. So why I wouldn't want, you know, we do pay our taxes and that helps support the president's salary and his living, you know, and and the historical architecture of those properties that he's allowed and gifted to live in. So Frogmore Cottage is the same way. So when they went through these two point four million dollars of renovations, basically his dad paid for it, you know, out of the Duchy of Cornwall's purse, you know. But technically, it's still the taxpayers that paid it. Wow. You know what I mean? So, yeah, if you're not going to, you know, uphold your duty to the crown, then the crown shouldn't pay for your renovations, your home renovations, or the property you want to live in, or the property you want to leave vacant. Right. Extended periods of time. So you're going to pay 3,600 pounds a month on that property you want to keep, but we're letting your staff go, you know, we'll integrate some of them, you know, to other duties. So they're not all out on the street, but you've chosen to live here, then you don't get to have your cake and eat it too, basically. So it's a transition period. We'll see how he does. Yeah. We'll see how they make their money because like daddy says, Chris Charles says, you know, I'm not a bottomless pit here funding, you know, whatever it is you want to do. So one last, one last question says this podcast is called be you find happy. Do you think they're going to be happier? I think, um, I think personally, I don't think so because they already can't stay out of the media. Right. So if you think the media in Britain and the paparazzi is worse than America, you're sadly mistaken. You were just a celebrity in America, you know, Megan, um, because they have set so many new laws and royal protocols in 
Europe after the whole thing with Diana that he's got to know after the Vegas scandal. <laughs> it's no, no different because your pictures of you are going to bring money to some photographer. Stories about right. you are going to bring money to some news magazine. You know, well, some... I guess so. I guess all in all, time will tell. Yeah, they're not. They've not abdicated. They've chosen to live abroad, basically. Right. Well, okay. thank you so much, Auntie Deborah, for me cramping your style on a random two Monday night. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not doing anything. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.